You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. What? We're doing some slow-motion struts to this song, to some cashmere, baby. Because I'm ready for some revolution with Led Zeppelin. So guys, joining me tonight on tonight's episode ties that bind because Bing is for doing we're doing the revolution after show. Across from me, the ever so lovely Kristen Carroll. Hey guys. And next to her, Daryl Kristen. What's up, everybody? And sadly, guys, Kristen Snyder cannot join us tonight, but she will be back next week. But definitely make sure to check her out. Check out her blog, check her out her Twitter, Cinematic Escape. You know what to do. And guys, I'm Dave Klein, and I'm excited to talk about tonight's episode because we had a lot of explosions, Yeah. and I like explosions. I'm always down for that. (laughs) But let's talk about something similar to explosions, little girls. I don't know where the connection is, but make it in your mind. There's probably some connection somewhere. I don't think I should make that. Anybody should make that connection. I don't think we should. (laughs) I don't know where where your mind is heading. (laughs) I don't know where your mind is heading, but that is the wrong direction. My mind went to a different place. I guess you were thinking about Jimmy Page. Okay, so. (laughs) Moving on. We start with Nora and her sister hiding under the bed. So Nora and um, Amy Mm-hmm. are hiding under the uh, bed together. Uh, Mia. Uh, Mia. I don't know where I came up with Amy. It's late. It's okay. Let's start over. So yeah. Nora and Mia mm-hmm. are hiding together under the bed from the bad men who are coming to attack. And we never really find out who they are, but right. it's mm-hmm. kind of presumably maybe just riots going on. At first, I thought it might have been the militia, just based off of the hatred that Nora has for the militia. Mm-hmm. But I don't, now I don't think it is from what we find out later on. Yeah, I wasn't sure either because they did... Sort of a close-up of, of, like, his black boots and everything. It looked yeah. a little military, but I'm not exactly sure as well. I, I, think, I think we'll find out later, though. I, I'd assume it's just kind of rioters, though, because we've seen in the past with, like, Neville's family. It was just random people breaking in, so yeah. it's just kind of people rioting and going crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's—at least that's at this point is what I've interpreted it as. But Nora finds her mother dead. Yeah. And is devastated, and she doesn't want Mia to see. So she's already kind of in this elderly protector role for Mia. It seemed like she also planned that her mother was going to die because she really came up with that excuse awfully quickly. She did. Yeah. She's either really great at thinking on her toes, which she is quite good at, but it seemed very quick for a little kid. Yeah. Well, it also seemed like she she was, since she's the older sister, she's probably always used to protecting the little sister mm-hmm. regardless, too. So, I mean, I guess, like, when you're a kid, you're kind of, like, used to making up things. I mean, just, like, make-believe and using mm-hmm. your imagination. So, I, I mean, I could see her coming up with something like that pretty quickly, just as, like, uh, I don't want her to know this is something I could come up with. Like, oh, um, she said to see our dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then, I mean, she didn't stumble at all, but it's a little no. kid acting, so we'll we'll give it to them, I yeah. think. I think. So they, it was believable. So, <laughs> so they head off to Galveston, Texas, um, and it's now four months after the blackout at this point, and they, they're, it's kind of like a beach area, it looks like to me. Yeah. And, and the dad's, well, it is a beach, we find out, but the, the dad's not there, and Nora finally admits to Mia that their mom has died. So mm-hmm. it's kind of been a while there. They've traveled a while, and this is the point where Mia's finally finding out. And their dad's not there. So this is devastating for Nora, too, because she thought maybe she'd find them. And I, I, my first thought was, well, what if the dad went... And we kind of get this thought in the, the show, too, but what if the dad went to go find them after everything yeah. happened mm-hmm. and they just didn't end up crossing ways? Because yeah. that's very plausible. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Do you need a plan? You need that plan, as the Kristen Snyder said. Plan. The revolution <laughs> kit and plan. 
So they decide that they're going to wait for the dad there, which I, I mean, I think that's what I would do too. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Right. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, you can either go back home to your dead mother or stay here. So, I mean, those are really your only two options as a kid. Yeah. yeah, you're better off staying there where nobody else is. And who knows with those rioters if they would have come back right. to that particular place. So, we get in the next flashback section that Mia is afraid that they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And she's found someone on the beach who's dying and she doesn't know what to do about it. And Nora kind of comes and comforts Mia and says that, look, no matter what happens, we're not going to die. I'm always going to watch out for you. Mm-hmm. And Mia responds that she'll watch out for Nora, too. Yeah. And that's kind of the theme that we get through the episode. And, I mean, this, these are happening out sporadically through the episode, but this is going to be a key factor mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. everything that happens in this episode. Yeah. It was definitely the setup. Now, if if you guys were in a situation like this, do you think this would kind of affect you throughout your entire life? Because, I mean, just that one conversation. Not, I mean, if obviously your mother, your parents dying would. But, I mean, that conversation, do you think you would always remember that? Because it seems like we have Charlie having the same sort of thing, that patronly, patronly role with Danny where she's kind of remembered, I've got to always protect him. I'm going mm-hmm. to always protect him. Now we have that same thing with Nora. And they, they do seem to keep that promise to each other as old as they get. And I'm wondering, would you really feel like once you're in your 20s and can take care of each other that you have to have that, that, that five-year-old thought is really going to stay? I would say, yeah. I mean, it's, it's embedded in them. I mean, that's all they have, you know. So they're, they're going through this struggle, and, and it's that one promise that they have to keep them going, I think. Mm-hmm. So I definitely. I think there's so much as a kid that we do carry with us anyways, just little things, pleases and thank yous and yeah. whatever it is that you learn that you're supposed to do. Heck, I still make my bed every day. I used to get in trouble for it when I was a little kid, and yeah. I still carry that out. And you still say heck instead of hell, which I think most people <laughs> would have thrown out. Yeah. Like, hell, I still do this, so... Kristen carries a lot of those with her. Hey, I used to make five bucks if my family said the F word, so. Really? <laughs> Good money. That's how they teach you. Yeah, and my sister tells me stuff that I used to do to her all the time that she remembers that I, yeah. I remember saying to her, but she literally, she's six years younger than me and she still remembers those things. So. Yeah. Well, and I like in the show, too, not only do they keep the promise to each other, but they just keep that throughout the, even the fact that Nora didn't want to leave with Mia because she had made a promise. That was yeah. something that you could see. She had promised her, her little sister she'd always watch out for her, which she did, as yeah. we saw at the beginning, and she still still does. But she holds all of that very true with everybody that yeah, she cares she about. That's what I was going to say. She holds. She seems yeah. to have that with that type of gesture for all of her friends. And I think Miles. while her sister hasn't been around, too, we saw her take on a role with Charlie where she's kind of a big yeah. sister yeah. or an aunt. Potentially later. Ah, <laughs> it it does seem like that is the. Also, if you think about a typical, you you have your archetype for what an older sister is going to be or an older brother, mm-hmm. like the older sibling, the middle sibling, and the younger sibling. It always seems like the older sibling is the one who feels like they need to be the protector and the leader who's going to take care of the younger ones. Mm-hmm. So you get that, and we've seen throughout with Nora, as you were saying with Charlie, that mm-hmm. she kind of takes on that characteristic, and here you get why. She's the older one, and she has that characteristic ingrained in her yeah. from childhood. So let's talk about the main storyline now. So now we kind of have the background for everything that's going to happen. And we start in Freeport, Pennsylvania, where Nora, Charlie, Nora, Charlie and Ben and Aaron need to cross a bridge. And it's the only way that they can get to where they need to go. Miles. Sorry. I said Nora Charlie. Oh, ben. yeah, Ben. Sorry. Ben, yeah, thank you. Miles. <laughs> He's there in spirit. He is there in spirit, and he definitely is a little bit later on. So Nora Charlie, Miles, and Aaron need to cross this bridge that's just swarming with militia. Yeah. And it, Miles points out that they can't use boats because they'll just get shot down and burned mm-hmm. down if they try to cross with a the boat. They, there's no way that they're going to go and try to cross the other, the other closer path, which I'm blanking on the name of. I have in my notes later on because that's where they... By Morgantown. By Morgantown. Which is 100 miles away. Right. So it's 100 miles away and especially that's going to take days to get to. So there's no way they're going to do that. But real quick, we do have a collar. So let's go on to the collar. What's up, guys? Hey, what's happening? Well, uh, it's Casey, obviously. What's up? Yeah, thanks so much for calling again. What, What are your thoughts on today's episode? Oh, I really, I really liked it, uh... I didn't really uh, 
at first I didn't uh, see the uh, whole uh, flashback with Nora coming because we haven't really seen a lot about her, but I thought it was a pretty interesting episode, uh, especially uh, I want to point out one thing with uh, Miles and uh, I forgot that one assassin dude, but usually he's, you know, up for a fight, but today we see him, you know, he kind of ran away, so... I thought that was pretty interesting with that. Yeah, him Strasser. and Strasser. Strasser. Yeah, it's funny because I was actually taking a note while that happened, and I looked up, and it was the commercial break, and when we came back, they were gone. I was like, wait, why, where's the fight? <laughs> I, I totally just missed Miles running away and assumed that he wouldn't do that. So I was really confused for a moment. We had to rewind because I was taking a note. Yeah. So did you did you have any questions or ponders about this episode? Uh... I don't know, I kind of was wondering, uh, I know you guys haven't discussed that yet, but kind of like what happened with uh, Neville and the uh, the other uh, person he kind of sold out. Like, it kind of felt bad for him, and I know we saw flashbacks of who Neville was uh, before mm-hmm. yeah. the blackout, and it's kind of like he's going back and forth, like he kind of wants to be this good guy, and kind of, but he has his, you know, duties. I'm kind of wondering, like, you guys think, like, if the time comes, will he be ready to, you know, take responsibility and, you know, be his own man or, like, you know, just follow Monroe and be this person who he probably doesn't want to be? I think a lot of it's going to have to do with Jason and yeah. um, the way he's going to react is going to be based on Jason, as we already saw in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he's going to and I think he is going to end up doing the right thing, but it won't be through his own character. Or character. It'll be through trying to protect or go along with Jason because as we saw last episode he was antagonizing all the protagonists with yeah. torturing their son or like their kin mm-hmm. and then we see that he can't take his own medicine in this episode so I think that that's going to really be maybe his downfall but also his redemption is trying to save his son well right. and you also have Julia who's kind of given him direction what's the saying the man is the head and the woman is the neck and she can point the head any way she wants <laughs> And yeah, that's exactly. what I was watching scene. her work uh, tonight. Yeah. You know, she's she's smart. She's all about her family. Yeah. She showed that. And I and I think uh, to piggyback on what both of you guys said, I think that we saw tonight once again the humanity that 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 Neville has for mm-hmm. his fa- for his family. He's right. a tough guy, but at the end of the day, he is going to protect his family. And and Jason and and Julia are his priority still. Right, which is what we saw in that initial flashback too when he did finally fight back. But thank you so much for calling again, Casey. We appreciate it. I hope call again next week. Yeah, call, yeah. Again. call every week. Call every we love week. it. Thank you. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, so let's jump back onto the kind of a storyline then and talk about where. Miles kind of has realized already that it's going to be a trap. Mm-hmm. And he kind of he notices it and he tells them to run at a certain moment. And I noticed I learned one thing from this episode and I've sort of noticed it throughout other episodes, but we all we, this show gets the Star Wars comparison a lot because Eric yeah. Kripke is based the show off of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. While the militia are like the stormtroopers. They, are. they cannot aim. No. At all. So, in that sense, That's they true. are very much like stormtroopers. Which is so strange. They have machine guns. If they just go in a row, I would imagine they'd hit something. They're not running that quickly. They are clearly very inaccurate machine guns. Yeah. yeah. There's not good um, gun training, apparently, in the militia. No. For such ruthless people sometimes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess those boats that train the kids don't do the best of jobs. No. At least at aim. At aim. At aiming, if they don't do a good job. Maybe they beat them and they can't aim or something. But I thought it was cool what Charlie mentioned where she never seen a gun like that before. And that's that's true. We we hardly ever see the high-tech guns like the sniper rifle was a big right. deal. And a gun mm-hmm. like this would be a big deal. So, um, and then kind of on that note, she's kind of like, well, I've never seen anything like that before. And Miles explains that, well, these guns are from the armory in Philly, which is where we're heading. And... Uh, it means only one thing, that Strouser is here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. They brought out the big guns. Oh, yes. Pun. Oh. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Double there. <laughs> so, Miles kind of mentions that he's, all of a sudden he's like, you know what, actually, uh, let's go to Morgantown. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Strouser is the only person in the entire militia that he has ever, that to ever scare him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the only person 
mainly it could be because he's a sociopath. I don't know. Yeah, well, he used to did, live and in he did use those words, so. yeah. Yes, he did use those words. So afterwards, the militia call out for Nora, and this is where and that they have Mia, her sister, and I, I kind of thought right when they did that. Honestly, right when they did that, and also based on the previews from last week that Mia was going to double-cross them, <laughs> I was like, I thought that this was the trap. It's a trap! I'm going to yeah. keep doing Star Wars comparisons all night. <laughs> there's a few more. Yeah, there's a few more. So I'm going to sort of some general Akbar because you always have to. You hey, um, take a shot anytime Dave references a Star Wars. Ah, there we go. So for Quote, the exactly. uh, for the chat crew, there's your shots game. And you, and you did call that earlier about Mia. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually thought that she might die this episode, but it, it didn't happen. You know, I thought that she was going to end up biting the bullet. But it could end up happening in the future episodes, it, it too, because mm-hmm. she was so afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the militia call out for Nora, and uh, Nora wants to go after Mia, but not necessarily just uh, give her up. But, you know, the one thing I was kind of wondering here is how did they know that Nora was with them? Like, who recognized in previous episodes Nora? Because I don't know if we had any recognition of Nora. Didn't they talk about it back in Pennsylvania? I, I'm just, I'm not remembering. I'm just kind of curious. Well, what, when they, the two episodes ago when she went to save Danny with the bomb, wasn't there someone who recognized her? At the, well, also, rec- Jason might have reported something back. Right, them. but I don't know if Jason necessarily knew her. N- I guess he would have known her name after being with them name. long enough. Yeah, because she true. sat in the cage with them and, when they were back in that warehouse. So that's yeah. probably how it happened. Okay, yeah, that's true. So that's a good point. Yeah. So after that, we've got that Strausser ends up telling them, them the demands that Nor. He kind of slowly tells, like, okay, this is how Mia's going to die because mm-hmm. she's hanging here. She's already dying right now. Uh, gives off his demands. His two demands are the necklace. The pendant and Miles Math- Matheson. Yeah. So those are the two demands they have. So they don't care about Charlie at all. They don't really necessarily care about Nora. But Miles is still the big character to the militia. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of surprised that Charlie doesn't matter at all. I guess Danny is the only thing that they need really to kind of turn the knife on Rachel. But yeah. I don't know. Two are better than one. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I was actually it was nice double to, the torture for Dave. Double the torture, right? It was also double it nice all. to kind of have it not focus on Charlie so much this episode. We yeah. got to see a little bit variation of of, of more, a lot, obviously a lot more about Nora and then kind of their relationship to get her relationship with Miles. I like that. I I think Nora. No offense to Charlie. I think she's a more interesting character. She's a badass chick. Yeah, you know, I I agree. I think she is too, and I I, I like that too. I mean, I I do like that. I just kind of thought, like I said, like two are better than one. Zero. So that that's the only thing I was kind of thinking with that. But, yeah, she, it is nice to get the attention diverted away from Charlie. And Charlie even divet, diverts the t- attention away from herself later on yeah, with Nora did. when Nora's like, oh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And she diverts it away from herself. She did. Yeah. So even from her, we get it being diverted. But we get some explosions. So Lots of explosions. <laughs> lots of explosions. So Nora, classic Nora fashion, rigs up some explosions to mm-hmm. save Mia. And everyone runs off, and for a moment, we get that moment we were talking about earlier on the phoner that Miles looks like he's going to fight them off and let everybody else run away. Sees that as Strauss, and it's like, oh, never mind, <laughs> and runs away, too. Well, if you'd notice, though, he looked back at the group running away, and I think it was a combination of this guy scares the crap out of me and also my whole group that's more important, and I made a promise. It's more important if I live. Yeah. Right now, and maybe I run around, run away, and I'm a bit cowardly at the moment. Right, but I need to be with them because he did. He looked back at them running, and he then did. he looked at Strasser, and he's like, "I may not live this right now. I yeah. should, I should go." Why yeah. waste that energy? Yeah, exactly. Save that sword for later. Save that for the running. He doesn't have to clean it then. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. And yeah, just stay with the group and make sure the group's together. Because if mm-hmm. they all ran off and he stayed and there was some big epic fight, mm-hmm. even if he survived, he doesn't necessarily know where they're going to have run off to. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, I mean, I guess the plan was to go to the other bridge, but you don't, it's, it's hard now. You don't have cell phones. You can't text them like, hey, where are you at? Yeah. So, they end up getting away and uh, Mia is pissed at Miles for what he did to Nora. Mm-hmm. Which she doesn't really mention, but I'd assume he broke Nora's heart, and that's 
that would be my assumption. Nothing was ever said. Well, I feel like a couple episodes ago, or maybe three episodes ago, they had kind of touched base on their relationship when she kind of first entered into the episodes. And I, I think it was something based off of that, that he she basically said that he had kind of broken her heart at some point. Do you think there's more to it? Because she even said earlier to Mia, and it was kind of inferred that she was somehow part of the militia. Maybe he didn't just break her heart. Maybe he messed up her you know, career, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But, I, I mean, I guess I was just thinking of, like, the sisterly thing of, like, Oh, yeah. Or like, even like friend thing of like, you broke my friend's heart. I don't like you anymore, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do. So, but Mia's pissed at him. And now their plan has become to go to Morgantown. And Mia tells him that she knows a coyote, which is sort of an underground person who will take them there for, it's not cheap, but they'll take them across in a secret way. And they know like the passages and routes to take that the militia is not going to find them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we get Strasser sort of spotting where the group is at. And they're, they've hidden in time, and he kind of just gallops off on his horses. <laughs> he did. So, yeah. it's a lot of galloping this episode. A lot of galloping. A lot of galloping. And I kind of told them, I, I don't know why, but I'm just, I'll tell everybody, I, I really like the sound of horses galloping or running away. That <laughs> that sound, for some reason, it's kind of, yeah, therapeutic for me. Just so happy. I didn't, even, I didn't even grow up on a farm, so I don't know why, but I always like that sound. Maybe that's why. Maybe you wish you did. Maybe I do. I, I've gone horseback riding several times, and I always love it, so maybe maybe something deep down inside of deep me. Deep down inside, Dave. <laughs> deep down inside, I just want to have a horse ranch and just ride horses all day. Be a cowboy. Calling. And be a cowboy, exactly. <laughs> so the next thing we get is they find the coyote. and Well, first they find they figure out, Miles has kind of figured out that Strauss is probably ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, he said he's either watching us or he's, or he's ahead. ahead of us. Yeah. And what I was kind of thinking when he said this, in, in my logic, and I think I should be a, a strategic guy, a tactician, or tactician, a tactician, is if he figures that Strauss is already ahead of them and is already... Mm-hmm. Why not just double back and go across the original it. bridge? Yeah. I mean, that like... That would have been logic to me. Right. I mean, he yeah. just clearly gave us the logic for why they should have done that. Yeah. And I, I think they should have just doubled back. Like, come on. Like, you figured out that there's a trap ahead of you. Turn back around. They're not going to go check where they were before. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they carry on anyways. And Mia has her a conversation with with Nora. And this is kind of that conversation leading back to everything that we saw from the flashbacks where Mia wants to go or went back to Texas. She tells Nora and they, she found her dad and their dad was alive and had gone back to find them in their original house and didn't see them there. So assumed that they were dead. So Mm -hmm. Mia tells Nora and she keeps on trying and trying to guilt trip Nora to come back with her and not to go to Philly and to just not do it at all and keeps trying to change Nora's mind. Mm-hmm. Like really digging into it. Yeah. And, and I guess like to me that was kind of the other reason that I felt like she was going to – she was double-crossing them because she was so insistent on it. Yeah. She's just so insistent about it. Yeah. But it does come back to what we saw from the flashbacks. Which is them promising to protect each other. Mm-hmm. I really, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, please. I really wanted their dad to be alive. I mean, I really, you know, the, yeah. I, I was hoping that that story wasn't a false story. You know, I really was hoping that somehow they would be reconnected with with the dad, since we really didn't know what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping so too. But and then San Antonio is the original location, but. Um, she's really digging and trying to get her to change her mind. And as they walk over after that conversation, they find that the coyote is dead. Yeah. So they can't use that anymore, and their plan is kind of out the window. Mm-hmm. And Mia then, again, after this, now it seems like the stakes are raised, and Mia's really pushing for Nora to come back to Texas with her, Texas with her once again. And Nora's refusing to do it. She's standing strong because she's made that promise to Charlie. Mm-hmm. And Mia just starts trying to guilt trip her like hell. Yeah, she did. Which kind of leads back to everything from their childhood and that conversation of them promising to protect each other. Yeah. But notice the guilt trip technically didn't work on her. It worked on Charlie. Right. That's true. That's it true. didn't work on her, Charlie but it worked was on Charlie. The one who convinced her to actually go ahead and yeah. do it. So yeah, that's a good point. Is, yeah. So Charlie then has her, pulls her aside because of that. Yeah. And to talk to her and tells her to go. So after Charlie. <laughs> And my voice cracked because I was so happy about it. That was very Michael it. Jackson of you, Dave. <laughs> and tells her to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I was just, 
I was just so happy that Charlie was telling her to do this. I was just so ex- elated from you just it. Feel the, the love, You're feeling it. the sisterly. You're feeling it, yes, I was just I was elated. It. I was just elated, you guys. So let me wipe away my tear from my elation. And Charlie says that tells Nora that she would give anything to spend one more minute with Tim Guinea. Aw. 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 Tim. 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 I would do anything to have spent any time on the interview with Tim Guinea. I'm so sad I missed it. Me too. Just one minute. We'll have him back. One minute with Tim. We'll have him back. (laughs) Both at at work. (laughs) Yes, both of us had to work. One minute with Tim. Anyone would give anything to spend one minute with Tim. That's right. So Ben Matheson. Right. For so for yeah, those for those of you know. who don't know, Tim Guinea plays Ben Matheson in the show. Mm-hmm. So Nora then goes up to Miles as the first thing and kisses him goodbye. Oh yeah. So we see she still clearly has affection for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes to her. Going to be a lot tougher to get Danny back without, and she just kisses him. I'm just saying that Miles well. must have really put it down on her because clearly she's still affected by this guy and he's done her wrong dirty a little bit and everyone else has seen it but she still stays dedicated to that dude so mm-hmm. cheers to you Miles for Quite putting it man. down. Quite You're the a man. man. He's the man. Well, what, <laughs> what did Mia say? He Did you sleep with him because that's the only reason that you'd ever go back <laughs> or yeah. something like it's that? It's because like, he's not much of a talker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, she did say yeah he's not much of a talker. He's the strong, silent type. So, and then uh, during that conversation too, Miles uh, tells her, "I doubt I'll ever doubt I'll ever see you again." And apparently, she says that's what she said last time. So apparently, they've had kind of this goodbye before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of that does kind of bring up was it then a breakup if they had some conversation like that before? But I doubt I'll ever see you again, or maybe it was as you said, Kristen, something more than that for Miles leaving her. Yeah. And it was more than just necessarily a breakup. Well, and who knows, too, around, was that around the time that he started to, you know, be a traitor to the militia? Yeah. yeah. So which then could lead to the implication was Nora also originally part of the militia, as opposed to just because we've seen that rebel flag and all of that with her, but was she prior to that part of the militia? Or at the very least, she was an alliance, so to speak, of the an ally of the militia. Right. She had to have been if she was. She had to be. If she was with Miles. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. He even said when they first met, she goes, what, you're part, he goes, you're part of the rebellion now? Because she had an American flag. But before they were kind of talking about just being like, not part of anything mm-hmm. during that conversation, it was like not part of the militia, not part of the alliance, just, or rebels, just part of doing whatever for doing yourself. Whatever bounty hunters. Yeah. Huh. Or bounty hunters. Yeah. So yeah, we get the conversation with Mia, speaking of bounty hunters, mm-hmm. and Mia has double-crossed them yeah. and gives them up to Strasser. And not only that, but she has stolen the pendant and gives the pendant to Strasser. So she did a lot of, a lot of work there. I kind of almost want to watch it again and see if you can see her grabbing the pendant, pendant from her. Aaron's pants. That's a good point, because I, I wasn't even thinking to watch for that. I wonder if Mm-mm. they showed that. Because we did get the scene, too, which I, I forgot to mention, which I would love to mention now, where initially in the beginning, Miles grabs the pendant, mm-hmm. and he just takes it from Aaron, and Aaron gives it to him and starts trying to destroy it. Yeah. And what is that thing made of? Because apparently you can't slam you can't it. slam it. Yeah. I, I, what is that thing made of? <laughs> and Dave know. yelled it's, that out right before. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> And I think it must be made of diamonds, because nothing can cut <laughs> diamonds except for diamonds. It's made of power. Diamonds are forever. I just don't think that Aaron <laughs> should be the one who's holding that damn pendant, because, I mean, he it's, he keeps getting more trouble with that thing. Mm-hmm. But Ben entrusted it to him. I know, but I don't know. He might not have been the right guy. I'd almost give it to Charlie out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I think... She I was, seems the most responsible. But then Charlie also... Keeps getting these situations like the one where she was with the militia, where she has to kind of play the um, the bad, like pretend to be a villain or pretend and kind of be the spy in a yeah. sense. So, don't want to have that good of a item with you if you're being a spy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of risky. And at that point, she would have been too young to really. When he gave the pendants to them, she oh. would have been too young too. So well, I think just in terms of when Ben left it with Aaron, oh, like right. who should be yeah. carrying it yeah. in general. Oh, I got you. Like now on their now that they know that they have this pendant, who should keep an eye on it? Yeah, yeah. But we do find out that Mia was a bounty hunter for the militia, mm-hmm. and she lied about their dad being alive. Everything about it, 
and Nora is not happy. And Mia kind of brings back that scene from the beginning about Nora lying about mom not being dead. Which is apples to oranges, pretty much. Yeah, it's both a lie, but you're talking about a little kid who doesn't yeah. know what's going on. And you don't want your little sister to fall apart while you're doing a four-month hike to Texas. Yeah, I, I think it's also, and I totally agree with you, I think it's the sort, same sort of thing as like, if at our our age we were to hold against close earmuffs kids, but if you were to hold against your parents for telling you that Santa Claus was real, right? Like if you Wait, were to what? Uh, <laughs> Kristen earmuffs too. Wait, this is Kristen an earmuffs too. It's Easter Bunny. News. We're saying the, Easter, the Tooth Fairy is real. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of the same comparison to me. Was like, I mean, yeah, granted, it's your mom and it's bigger, but it's like. Can't, you can't really hold that against her. She was like a seven-year-old kid yeah. trying to protect her her sister. And she eventually told her. It wasn't a lie that lasted very long. It was just four months. Right. It's like, And she didn't know what to do. And I mean, yeah. yeah. So Nora's not happy and at this point leaves Mia for the group. She's leaving Mia. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's also important. She's decided to leave her sister. Mm-hmm. After everything that they said. So it, after she leaves Mia and she kind of goes after the group because they're going to get murdered, mm-hmm. probably. Aaron flashing to Aaron. Aaron notices that the pendant's gone and uh, assumes that Miles is taking the pendant. Yeah. Yeah. And as they start having a scuffle with each, with each other, there's gunshots and the militia are here. Mm-hmm. And I noticed for whatever reason, Aaron is very sweaty this whole time. Well, he was running. He had been running a little bit. Yeah. And he, he, he has he, the biggest his, backpack, too. His hair is drenched. His hair was drenched, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd point that out. And he's a, you know, he's not the smallest guy uh, on, on that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So Miles offers, uh, Miles decides to give himself up. Yeah. And as he's doing that, we see Nora kicking some ass. That was Fantastic. She's She's a perfect shot, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a perfect shot. shot. She's good at assassinating people. Yeah. Knows what to do, muffles his mouth as she stabs him so she can't make any noise. So some badassness from Nora. And this is why Nora's awesome. Yep. Because she is a total BA. It's too bad that gun didn't have any more bullets. I know. That's true. Yeah, it ran out. If it just had one more bullet. Just (laughs) one more bullet. Yep. But yeah, Nora ends up kicking some ass and saving them and causing them to be able to get away. And Miles ends up having a scuffle. Mm-hmm. And as he's having a scuffle, um, we kind of find out a little bit about our man. Uh, we find out that Strausser, he was is not only a, corpor- a cor- uh, corporal anymore, but now he's a sergeant. He's a sergeant. Yeah. yeah. And Miles has a great witty retort, which is. Um, you're still a sociopath. Yeah. And he goes, you ever consider society was sick, not me? And Miles just goes, no. So yeah, I, I like I'm Miles in this. I love Miles in this scene because he's just so, like, nonchalant about he it. Is. Just like, you're a sociopath and not having any of, like, Strausser's sort of trying to reaffirm himself of, as being, like, because it's kind of Strauss reaffirming himself that he's not crazy, that he's just like society and that, like trying to talk himself up. And Miles just isn't having any of it. Like, I don't care. You're a sociopath. Isn't this a time usually where, you know, somebody, Nora with the gun, just shoots Strasser? Very. Well, this is the point where, after that where Nora starts shooting everyone else to it's save them. It's too bad she didn't do it during that time because they're all just standing there. They were. She yeah. They're, they're Why not always? This is the second time in the show that they had a chance to kill the commanding officer. Mm hmm. Where he was right there, she could have shot. I mean, I don't know what her line of point, point, uh, sight was, but she could have shot the commanding officer. Yeah, take out the head. That's what you're supposed to do. Take out the head. But technically, if she had taken out the head, then all of his her other his men would have shot her. So you know, you got to take out the, the 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 other guys first, and then take out the leader. Sometimes in that situation, I think. But a lot of times they don't know what to do, and that's when they that's surrender. That's, that's how surrender. you make a someone surrenders. You take out the head. That's true. Yeah. Well, and also she had shot a few people, and they didn't know where she was coming from at first. So yeah. she's had a good hiding spot. And yeah, she's she's quick. Miles would just need to duck really quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just duck. <laughs> he and they don't seem to have good shots. In, like they don't have good aim. No, they're anyways. stormtroopers. They can't shoot anyways. No. 
Even when they have a machine gun, what are they going to do with a pistol? Exactly. So the group end up, yeah, and they get away from shots again. They get away from the gunfire. They run and find some water, and they end up jumping into the water. Good thing everything, everyone can swim. Yeah. Because yeah. that's some white water, some rapids that they have to go through. It very much reminded me of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where they're being chased, and they have to jump. And I was waiting for somebody to go, I can't swim. I'm yeah, I thought waiting. I was going to get that, too. Like, are you killing me? The fall will probably kill I was going to be Aaron, first of all, who said that. And then I was like... How does his glasses stay on in all these? He's running all the time. He's jumping in rivers. <laughs> How the hell does his glasses stay on? That's what I want to know. He probably has that stuff on the side of his, on his glasses frames that help make it stick a little bit better. You know, <laughs> yeah. That you get on like Oakley's. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what he's got there. You know, that, like nice glasses stuff. So right after they get out, Miles confronts Aaron about the pendant straight up and I liked Aaron in this scene. I thought he held his own. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah, he had a great witty retort to Miles when Miles was like do you know what they're going to do when they get that pendant? He's like, I don't know, buy everyone Coke or yeah. something to that extent. He will extent. turn the lights on and give everyone a Coke. A Coke, yeah. Yeah, and I like that. It was like a good, like one of the first times, because a lot of times I thought felt feel like Aaron tries to be witty and it doesn't come off very witty to me, but that was one of the first times I was like, okay. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was, was a good, good line. Good retort. Yeah. Because Miles is just digging into him, and Aaron's just not having it. He's like, what do you want me to say? I know I screwed up, and just stop harassing me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think Miles was out of line here, or do you think? No, I mean, knowing what Miles knows about the pendant, I don't think that he was out of line at all. I mean, he had reason to kind of be upset about it, so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but but didn't Aaron say, hey, we've been over this before? And I could almost see the redundancy in it all. He doesn't know what it's for. He was just given it. Ben's gone. Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know where this is, and somebody took it. Yeah, but he, but he, but Miles knows slightly, especially from what we saw last week, the power of it. So he's he doesn't want it to be in the wrong hands. Yeah, know, so. yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he does list off everything they could do with yeah. it. So I do want to mention uh, Daryl Cal Rackin. I hope I pronounced that right from the live chat. He mentioned about the glasses. Apparently, they showed him taking his glasses off and putting them in a pocket before jumping in. Oh, wow. So you were not watching I was writing enough. notes. I was writing notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Daryl, you have glasses. You got to know, know proper glasses care. You just, it's always just thank, something thank you automatically do. Thank you for clearing do. that up because I was writing notes. I didn't I, know. I'm glad. I don't know if, who caught that and had him do that. I don't know. Maybe it was Aaron just as the actor decided to yeah. do that. But that was good they had that little detail in well, there. that's a good detail. Maybe they nice had details. the glasses on when he jumped in the first time and they fell off. And they're like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, maybe you should put those away. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, thank you for clearing Yeah, thank up. you. Thank you so much for clearing that up. So there you go. And we kind of get this reversal going on with Nora and Charlie, where now it's Charlie sort of comforting Nora and mm-hmm. acting as the, I guess in a sense, the elderly sibling or the one who's going to be comforting Nora because Nora can't believe she trusted Mia. And Charlie's like, well, why wouldn't you trust Mia? Yeah. And like, why wouldn't she? It's her sister. You'd think that she would. Yeah. So before we go on to all the happenings, because there were a lot of happenings with Monroe and the militia, I do want to mention, guys, that... Since we do provide this show, we love your feedback in any way possible, whether that be going to the live chat and listening in with us, talking with us. It is pretty late, 11 p.m. Pacific time, 2 a.m. Eastern time, but Mm. come on in. We'd love to have you. Or you can check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Please do rate us and comment. We love reading your comments. We love the feedback, positive or negative. We just want to know how we can make the show better for you guys because we like doing it, and we just want to make it better. So let's then move on to... The B story, which I thought was kind of the, this is the storyline I found more interesting this episode. I, mm-hmm. I like what was going on here more. And we kind of started off, I believe, with Jason slash Nate, for people who don't remember, Nate slash Jason <laughs> is being beat up by Monroe's orders. And Neville, Tom Neville, is not happy about this. And he's trying to find out why Jason won't tell him. Mm-hmm. And Neville's kind of trying to strut his power like, well, whose orders are you doing this on who right. would be higher up than my orders? And Daryl called it. Yeah. Daryl straight up goes, um, Monroe's orders. I mean, While I just figured at that moment, you know, like, that's got to be the higher power who's given that order. Yeah. Right. So Monroe has called it. And we get Neville kind of storms in to find out what is going on. Yeah. He's not happy. Oh. And we get... Uh, Neville talking, or not Neville, we get Monroe talking with Colonel Faber about some tactics, and Neville's like, well, what the hell is going on? What happened? And Neville explains Jason bribed the stable hand to find out Strauser's whereabouts. 
So therefore, it deserves being tortured. Mm-hmm. And just because ne- Neville's a good guy, just because Neville's one of the top men, instead of executing him for this, <laughs> we're going to send him to California. Because there are a lot of brutes in California, like the three of us. Yeah, exactly. We're terrible part of the place California to be. Commonwealth. But I, one of the things that I found the most intriguing about this conversation was just this whole discovery, this whole other world that we haven't really seen in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, well, what is this group in California? Why do they send people back in body, like mm-hmm. body caskets? What, what's going on out in California in the West? Are there different factions that we're going to find out about eventually? Mm-hmm. So maybe the militia is just one of many military factions that has sprung up during this 15-year span after everything that's happened. Well, we had um, we saw a couple weeks ago, I think it was, where they had the big map, and I wish I had a copy of that, where it said how many different, you know, districts, so to speak, were on that map. And they have to, each one has to have a military in order to keep that, or else especially Monroe would just roll on in there. Yeah. And, and another thing that I was wondering with this whole conversation is this is where Neville's Neville's just not at all happy. Mm-hmm. And he kind of storms off. And, and this is, as I mentioned earlier, playing off of that point where the exact same thing is now happening to Tom Neville mm-hmm. that happened to everybody that he was kind of prying into trying to get information yeah. from of using the kid as ransom. Yep. So now he's having this, this medicine fed back into him. And I'm wondering, is this going to change Neville's character? Just like Rachel was changed when Danny was up at stake, where Rachel held strong, held strong until it was Danny. And we do see Tom Neville act in this episode based off of this, but I'm wondering if just overall we're going to see how how much do you think Jason is going to affect his character and how many of his actions will be dictated by what happens to Jason? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think it definitely will. I mean, we kind of touched upon this when we had the caller in today, but we saw the different side of Neville. We see the, his more compassionate side and his, you know, human side, I'll say it almost. He's not just the leader. He's showing how much he still cares about his family. And no matter who he's working for with Monroe, mm-hmm. he still is, has the best interest for Jason slash Nate. Well, quite honestly, the reason he is how he is now um, compared to the very quiet you know, accountant or he was an accountant, but a lawyer, a, wait, insurance, insurance salesman, insurance salesman. salesman. Insurance yeah. salesman. I was thinking money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, close it's 1130. Um, we saw him change. And the reason he changed was because of his family. Yeah. yeah. So they have a huge effect on his personality and I'm only, we're only going to see it develop even more. And we kind of saw that towards the end with his talk with Julia. Yeah, I, and I totally agree. I think that, I mean, that's why he ended up finally using his boxing skills to beat up the guy because he was trying to be a nice guy mm-hmm. and he did to protect his family. And I think we're going to see with him that he will do anything it takes to protect his family. Yeah. Well, yeah. And exactly. that's the most important thing to him, period. And as Kristen mentioned earlier, with Julia in his camp and having his back, which she did, mm-hmm. that's going to shape a lot of what goes on in the future. I, I was actually a little bit surprised that Julia has his back so much because when we saw earlier in the flashbacks of finding out Neville's story she didn't seem too happy about the fact that he was fighting and had beat up the neighbor and you know so it's interesting to see how her character is right now the way they're developing her right so we find out that she has evolved just as much as Tom and they as we were saying maybe they grew apart looks like they still grew together and stuck together so we do get Julia in this next scene coming in Julia Neville and he says it's kind of a weird way. I, I don't know. I thought it was a weird way to start the conversation. That's why I thought they were still distant. Is because he says, "What can I do for you?" And she goes, "It's not. It's what I can do for us." Yeah. But it's kind of a weird way to say hi to your wife. Yeah. Is what can I do for you? Yeah. So he's pretty former and prim and proper there. But she brings up, and she's pretty conniving here. She brings she up that John and Anita, John being the colonel from before, mm-hmm. who had kind of presumably maybe had something to do with uh, Jason being caught. But uh, it's basically John and Anita's son, Stephen. Well, apparently he's mixed up with those uh, that, that other side, the, uh, the resistance. Yeah, they bring in their maid, Rose, who yeah. also you know, is the maid for, for the neighbors. Yeah, so the maid, Rose, is the one kind of giving them this information. The Clearly afraid, doesn't want to, just trying to, I think just, she just wants to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, apparently, John Faber's son is a traitor. He's a chief advisor. 
and uh, or Faber is a chief, and John Faber, sorry, John Faber is a chief advisor, as we saw before, to Monroe. So, not a good thing for Faber here. So clearly, he probably knows and is hiding it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I found interesting in this scene was the maid, and I was kind of thinking like, wow, this feels so old timey in that sense. It really yeah. does feel like. Uh, colonial ages Mm -hmm. just in the sense of like the maid being the one that they get the information from and that whole aspect to me really made me feel like it was a colonial based era yeah Mm -hmm. and see these are the random things i draw on things like that i agree with you they've been spending too much time in philly in the independence hall they're just they're thinking they're back back in the day yeah so um we get this scene then where tom neville uh, says, I love you to his wife. And Julia Neville, Mrs. Neville, just says, I know. Yeah. So uh, it's kind Han of a Solo, double thing, though. Luke's, or Princess Leia. Right, anybody? it's kind of Han Solo, Luke and Leia. Yeah. Or sorry, not Luke and Leia. Han Solo and Leia. That'd be weird, Luke and Leia. <laughs> yeah, that's like Han a weird... Han Solo that's and Leia. Well, that happened well, Empire yeah. Strikes Back. But it could happen yeah. in the next three movies that they're going to be coming out with. Yeah. Really um, weird stuff. It you almost happened. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about with what George Lucas is doing now these days with Star Wars, so you never know. But that's for another podcast. Yes, that's for another far, podcast. Far, far away. And they, yes. <laughs> oh, good good, good, good reference that. there. Sorry. But the other thing is, like, it's kind of like for a married couple like to say that, it's just like, I don't know. It's just such a weird relationship to me. Yeah. Again, maybe they are huge Star Wars fans. I mean, Charlie has a lunchbox. So, Cal Rackin again on the chat, he's saying that he thinks Julia seems like she might be a rebel leader because she wants her husband in power so she can easily take over. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I didn't really get that personally. I haven't gotten that yet, but it, like, it why would be an would interesting she, twist. Because I, mean, I, get, I get why they sold out to save their son, yeah. but it's like, why would you sell out a rebel person who's about to kill the guy? Because presu- that's what we find out. He's like about to kill... Monroe, and that was the plan. Why would you sell that person out? Because your son would be safe anyways. Although maybe she's pushing that Neville gets into that that Tom gets into power, so that her son is for sure safe because there's no higher power than him to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's what I think she was more going for. I'm going to protect my family. How can I do that? Well, make sure my husband's in charge. Then we all are okay. Right. I totally think so. But the scene that we get there is we see just how brutal Monroe has gotten. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see uh, Faber being uh, just tortured, mm-hmm. and his son, John's son, is was apparently executed on the spot because yeah. they found all these weapons and cash of weapons that they were planning on revolting. And I guess, like, to that extent, I could see why they would do that. Like, yeah. okay, this guy's going to revolt. we got to take care of him. But they, he says he doesn't trust John anymore. Like, how could he possibly trust John? And Neville, for selling out this information, asks, uh, what about the California situation with Jason? Mm-hmm. And Monroe figured that was why he sold him out and goes ahead and says, all right, we'll keep him posted here. But keep him in line. Keep him in line. And we know now what the consequence is <laughs> if you don't keep him in line. Yeah. Heavy consequences, no matter what. No matter what. I love the the glance that Neville gave to Faber um, as he was getting beat, and he kind of looked at him, gave him like that side F-U-I, you know what I mean? So that was a good scene right there. Well, and I also liked how when Monroe was talking about John and how he was potentially um, taking care of only his family and not thinking about the militia and where his loyalty lies I don't think he was just talking about Faber. I think he also knows that obviously Neville, his number one loyalty is to his family. And I think he was telling Neville, hey, this is what happens if family's number one. Remember who yeah. right. Remember you're who's actually in charge. reporting to. Yeah. Remember who daddy is. Yeah. Remember who feeds you. <laughs> <laughs> who brings home the bacon. Who brings home the bacon. <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds you. Exactly. So, Strausser then returns after this whole, in this part, at this point, and he has the pendant. And Monroe kind of mentions, finally, someone, someone who's loyal, someone I can trust. So, mm-hmm. now we find out that Monroe only trusts sociopaths. That's what I got out of it. Monroe's going to be trusting the sociopaths. So this is going to be Monroe and his army of sociopaths eventually. Because 
we find out in the next scene when we see um, Mrs. or Julia Neville. She's talking about how after Miles left, Monroe just kind of went off the deep end mm-hmm. and slowly but surely going off the deep end. Like for what? Uh, for what Jason did? I mean, yeah, it was bad, but to torture him and execute him or send yeah. him to his death? Yeah. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. And maybe you send him to prison, but executing him off the bat yeah. for something like that, that's way intense. Yeah. We probably got nervous that the fact that if he wants to save Charlie, who knows how far he's going to go to impress a girl. Yeah. That's true. As far as he can. As far as he can. <laughs> that's, that's the right way to do it. You gotta go all out if you want to impress a girl properly. <laughs> so... Uh, Julia then kind of has that moment where she wants um, a real leader, and she believes that Neville's the leader. He's going to be the man, and he doesn't. He underestimates himself. Mm-hmm. And we also get before that the moment where she's kind of talking bad about Monroe, and Tom won't have any of it. I think Tom's just afraid for his family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it really was. Yeah. But she's kind of showing her side there. Julia is not who I thought she was going to be at all. No, no I mean she's definitely a, a strong presence. In Neville's mm-hmm. camp, so yeah, yeah, and we we do get need to get moving on though because we're taking kind of long. I didn't realize yeah. that, but oh, wow. uh, Monroe <laughs> in the next scene confronts Rachel about the pendant, and he says now she has everything she needs. So apparently he's going to be putting on the line that she's got to make this work. Yeah, and that's what we're going to end up seeing in the next coming episode. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself though that pendant doesn't turn on very often, and there's eleven other ones out there, right? It's not going to help him that much. That's true. Yeah, it's like he's only got one. But, I mean, we saw that Grace knew how to use it. It's just Maybe it's just the fact that Aaron didn't know how to use it. Possibly. It did turn on a whole lighthouse. You got to know how to use it. You got to know how to use it. But shouldn't Aaron... I feel like Aaron should be able to figure it out. He's the smart genius guy. Yeah, but you get like a random-ass pendant that has no buttons or anything on it. You're just going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. You can't break it, can't open it either, probably. It's a mystery. And as people in the chat are pointing out, and I noticed too, this Danny wasn't in this episode at all. No. We didn't see anything no. from him. No. But I mean, I, I'm okay with it. I don't think we necessarily needed his character no, and I mean, what they were doing in this episode. Well, it was, it was the combination. Like we said, we didn't see Charlie that much, so much the focal point in this episode. And we also didn't see um, Rachel until the end. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we go on to the final ending point, I do want to point out that, Daryl, you do the after blog for Revolution. I do. You want to talk about it real quick? Uh, we'll go to After Buzz TV, and there's an After Blog section. And after each show, the next day, we I comment on the show and give my viewpoint on the episode and Dave's great recap. Um, so definitely go our great recap. Our great <laughs> recap. I did this for us. You did it for us. Your your Miles and Nora and everyone combined. Now, um, yes, please go to After Buzz TV and go under the Revolution After Blog. And comment as well. Let me know what you if there's something I'm not covering or if there's something you want us to answer on the show. Please go to uh, AfterBuzz TV and go to AfterBlogs for Revolution. It's what it's not what I can do for you. It's what I can do for us. For us. For yeah. us. It's all of us. The together. triangle. The triangle. So we get the uh, a big cliffhanger at the ending. There we find that Randall is not at all part of the militia. He's with Grace, and they're in their own like tech lab. Mm-hmm. But they've got to have multi- at least like multiple pendants there because I mean they've at least have two. They ha- definitely have Randalls, and they definitely have Graces. But apparently they have a whole tracking system for all- where all the pendants are, and they know that the pendants is now. Probably with Monroe. They yeah. figured it yeah. out. Yeah. Wow. That, I think that was a huge reveal. Yeah. So, my, so, Randall, what is his character all about? And I, I still feel like he's got to be the guy who caused all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but where are all the other pendants then? Do you think there's some in the West Coast in California? Do you think it's all in the East Coast? There was, there were some. If you paid, I wish I would have paid even more attention now to that map. But there were dots. I think there were All one over. or two in the West, yeah. and there were still most of them concentrated, it looked like, in the Midwest, Midwest area. Yeah. yeah. Because if they were based near Chicago, yeah. that would make sense that they weren't too far away Good from that center area. Based. And then they did yeah. say something about Ohio. I didn't catch it early on, mm-hmm. um, but I wonder if that's going to play key because it was very subtle. But Ohio was mentioned. It's not just because I'm from there, but yeah. it's just they did mention it. <laughs> you just have to throw that out after we, talk, after out. we talk up Chicago. I'm just Chicago. Saying. I'm just saying. And Giggity mentioned on the chat that the end tunnel scene kind of reminded him of The Matrix a little bit. I could see that. So, yeah, I can see that too. I can see that. So, on that note, let's go to some news and gossip. Oh. All right. After Buzz TV News. 
All right. Well, EW.com had spoken with several of the actors from Revolution and asked them if electricity went out, what item would they miss the most? So, um, Giancarlo Esposito said his cell phone. Giancarlo plays Neville, and he said he would miss his cell phone. Executive producer and showrunner Eric Kripke said that he would miss the internet. Um, executive produ- producer J.J. Abrams said he would miss his computer all the way around. <laughs> and Billy Burke said he would miss his music player, and Billy plays Miles. And actress Tracy Sporadicus said that she would miss her cell phone. I think I would go with the cell phone and my internet. Yeah, I was going to say, what would you miss most? What about you, Kristen? Yeah. My cell phone has internet and pictures and all of that, so I think I would. And I find even when I leave it at home, I'm like, where, where yeah, is it? Yeah, it definitely has become key. I would miss plumbing the most. That would be what I would miss the most. Well, that too. I miss the refrigerator. I'm going to be boring and say plumbing. Mm-hmm. I would miss plumbing more than refrigeration, honestly. I hate outhouses. Yeah. It's important for you to know. That's important. So <laughs> no let's get on some comments. Um, so on the comments, I want to thank T. Parker 8 and Tony Movie 1979 on iTunes and on YouTube, Richard Mazik, Couch Pudding Potter, Raptos, Mikkel Costley, and Neon Diamond 101. Mikkel Costley said that they liked seeing Charlie acknowledging that she doubts she'll find her brother and her finding the reality of the situation from last week. And she wants to know what we think Jason's role will be in the future and um, what we think we'll see from him. I think Jason's going to get a little bit better after his sleep that he's having there and going to go after Charlie. I do, too. And that's going to cause some problems for Devil. Yeah, I think she's, he's going to go right after Charlie even more. He doesn't care anymore about the militia. And I think Tom's going to end up actually kind of redeeming himself mm-hmm. and kind of starting to follow because he wants Jason to be alive. Probably have arguments there, and they're going to be hiccups along the way, but in the end, I think they'll end up being together cash pudding potter said is it possible the 12 pendants are divided like six turn power off and then six of them turn the power on interesting mm, that's an interesting fact i, I kind of imagine that they fact. all do the same thing though i i mean that would be really crazy if that ended up being the case but i imagine that they're all similar in mm-hmm. what they do i would think so and richard mazik agrees with daryl he agrees with you that aaron is going to die he thinks Rachel may die, but it would be later on dying in Charlie's arms, mm. and probably at the end of multiple seasons. Mommy! And he goes on further with predictions. So, guys, if you on YouTube, you can check them out. And, guys, please, on the YouTube, definitely comment your predictions and talk with each other. Talk amongst. We'll read them, and we want to see your guys' predictions, too. For so, sure. check it out. So, guys, what, speaking of predictions, let's talk about our predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. It looks like next episode there's going to be a lot of action and yeah. awesome things culminating because we only have two episodes left for the before the uh, break in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Miles going to be with Monroe. Awesome! Yeah. I can't wait to see that exchange. Mm-hmm. And we've got whoever controls the pendants will control the world. It's kind of a line thrown out there. So it looks like it's going to be people fighting for the pendants specifically in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I guess the group makes it. Yep. Um, and most importantly. Grace Led Zeppelin, Cashmere, <laughs> and Grace is back. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I missed Grace. Right, and Grace has to go take care of. And that's kind of what we missed. But Grace has to go take care of things and yeah. get the pendant. Yeah, yeah. according to um, Randall. According to Randall, uh, do you guys think there are going to be any deaths next episode, or do you think it's going to be all straight up action? And what, what do you guys think? Who's going to end up with the pendants? I don't think we're going to see another death until like the final episode so before two the weeks. holiday. Yeah, two yeah. weeks. I agree with you. I think they're going to keep it suspenseful. And yeah. I kind of have to wonder if it's going to be a la Walking Dead where there's maybe two or two major deaths. Yeah. Don't just oh, that'd leave be crazy. one. Just have two people kick it. I think we'll see uh, the henchman from today. <laughs> you know. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. I think we'll see Strausser end up dying in the final. I think so. The final battle of this uh, this particular run before the uh, I tend before to the think break. one person for sure we're going to know is dead, and another person is going to maybe be dead, and that's going to be the end. We're all going to be like, what? Miles is dead? Or something like oh, that. So, real quick, thanks, Cal Rackin, on the chat. Apparently, he pulled up a screen gra- uh, screen cap of the map and says the pendants are in what looks like Philly area. Mm-hmm. Col- well, that would probably be the one that we know about, but yeah. Colorado, Texas, South Carolina, and Ohio-ish. See? Burial. <laughs> So, kind of spread out. Yeah. But then, that's I smart. guess, I wonder if the main, and also both of Illinois, uh, bottom of the Illinois area. Yes. That's right, Chicago. 
<laughs> All right, so that's uh-huh. the tip of Illinois. So bottom, you're you're Top a little right. bit more yeah. past Springfield, right? And all that. So that does it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I, actually, just under an hour, pretty much. So we yeah. kept it, kept it at a good time. And guys, once again, I'm Dave Klein. You can find me at Twitter at the Dave Klein or once again at djk-online.com. And real quick for Kristen, Kristen Starter, find her at Cinematic Escape on Twitter or her blog Cinematic Escape. And I'm Kristen Carroll. You can find me at on Twitter at the Fan Two C T O S E. I'm Dario Christie. You can find me under my name D E R R I A L C H R I S T O N on Facebook and Twitter, or you can go to AfterBuzz TV and go under After Blogs and find my Revolution blog there. And this week in the booth, more. Marty! Marty in the house from the OC. That's right. Orange County for those who don't know. Blasting cashmere for us. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.